You're tuned to Mountain Grown Public Radio KVNF. I'm Gavin Dahl, and it's time for Local Motion. First, Nick Bolin explains his story when COVID hit, a Colorado county kicked out second homeowners, they hit back. My first guest on Local Motion is High Country News contributing editor Nick Bolin. Thanks for joining me, Nick. Hi, Gavin. Thanks for having me. Talk about High Country News for a moment. Where are you based and how does your role fit in? Well, so we still do have a, a brick and mortar office on Main Street in Paonia, but our editorial staff over the past couple of years has uh, dispersed across the Intermountain West and West Coast well, to do better reporting on, on the region that, that we cover. I am a contributing editor, uh, and I'm based in Gunnison, Colorado, so not that far from you. Right. Let's talk about your story. The scene is Gunnison County. COVID has just become the major story of the year. The date is April 3rd, 2020. What happens? So on April 3rd, 2020, the Public Health Department of Gunnison County released an order that instructed everyone who is not a permanent resident of Gunnison County to leave. And the order explicitly singled out non-residents who owned second homes, vacation homes, third homes, whatever, in Gunnison County. There are a lot of them in Gunnison County because of Crested Butte, which uh, is a ski town based at the northern end of the Gunnison Valley. And for a lot of March, there had been a pretty consistent influx of people looking to quarantine at their second homes in Crested Butte. Now, because of ski tourism, before the ski resorts closed in mid-March, Gunnison County had been hit very early and hard by COVID. And in late March, there was a, uh, some data released from Johns Hopkins University that showed that Gunnison County's per capita case rate was top 10 in the entire nation. So this, this was the severity of the outbreak that prompted this pretty extreme public health order. And only one hospital in the county, right? Gunnison Valley Health? Yes. One hospital does not have an ICU. And at the time, uh, the number was it had 24 hospital beds. You write that the order signed by the county's public health director cited the strain on local services. Quote, non-residents, regardless of whether they own a residence in Gunnison County, are imposing unnecessary burdens on health care, public services, first responders, food supplies, and other essential services. Obviously, this order did not go over well with second homeowners. You write that a lot of second homeowners in western Colorado are Texans. Tell us about the man at the center of your story. There has been a connection between wealthy people in Texas and property ownership in the Gunnison Valley going back to the early 1910s. As you say, a, a pretty significant proportion of the people who own vacation homes in Crested Butte hail from Texas. One of those people is named Jim Moran. He owns a house on Mount Crested Butte. You can ski from his backyard onto Crested Butte Ski Resort. Permanent residence is in Dallas. He made his money. Uh, directing various real estate firms, hedge funds, uh, financial institutions of various kinds. And he, along with many other non-residents who, who have property in Gunnison County, were very upset by this order. You know, they, they felt it was a violation of their private property rights. They didn't like being told that they couldn't visit the home that they owned. For those who were already in the county, they didn't like being told that they had to leave and travel in the middle of the pandemic. So, as you say, it did not go over well. 
And I didn't know until reading your article, Nick, that second homeowners pay so much of the overall property taxes in Gunnison County. What's the number? It's just under 60% of Gunnison County property taxes come from people whose permanent residences are not Gunnison County. So this this has been a decades-long trend of you know influxes of wealth into this you know beautiful mountainous area. By now, a really significant chunk of both the the county's economic state and also the public revenue that the local government collects comes from yeah non-residents. So after the initial order came out in early April, Gunnison County backed off slightly, stating that. Second homeowners already quarantining inside county limits, people like Jim, could remain. But Jim and others weren't satisfied. They took several actions you describe in your article, including creating a Facebook group for second homeowners and their supporters. It seemed like you getting access to that group as a reporter helped you give fair treatment to those on the, you know, money side of the story. Right. So one of the actions that they take is they created a create a private Facebook group to kind of gather and commiserate and plan, uh, strategize some political uh, campaigns. And I, uh, I gained access to the group through a, through a source who was willing to let me watch what, what they were planning. And yeah, as you say, I mean, this was a really, for a reporter, quite, quite remarkable window into how my important characters in the story, these, these non-residents were thinking and acting and responding to public events and how they talk to each other when they don't think that a reporter is watching them. Much of the story is based on my access to this group. So then Jim Moran and others create a super PAC to influence the November election. Since two out of three seats on the county commission were up for grabs, you write extensively about the county commissioners, who made the decision, the candidates who challenged them in the 2020 election. Really interesting stuff we don't really have time for at the moment, but how did the super PAC idea end up working out for Jim and his second home-owning friends? Well, they lost, is the the short way of putting it. As you say, they created a super PAC. It became a very significant part of the campaign, you know, the the influence of non-resident wealthy people in the race. But, you know, the November elections did not go their way. Both seats that they wanted to flip did not flip. As I, as I write in the article, Jim Moran says to me that he intends this organization, the Super PAC, to be a permanent presence in Gunnison County politics to advocate for the interests of the non-resident property-owning community going forward. But at least on their first run, they were unsuccessful. My guest is High Country News contributing editor Nick Bolin. His article in the latest issue of the magazine is titled, When COVID Hit, a Colorado County Kicked Out Second Homeowners, They Hit Back. We're talking about Gunnison County. It's clear this isn't just a story about second homeowners versus government officials. Your story is also about the rift between working class people in the service industry and other parts of the workforce who see Crested Butte as home and wealthy people who see Crested Butte and the the Gunnison County area as a getaway, but maybe don't think about it in the same way. Talk about what you learned over the course of your reporting on this. You obviously said this has been going on for a long time. This isn't a new phenomenon, but I felt like you captured it really well. So the the economic divides that I describe in the story are decades in the making. So Crested Butte used to be a mining town. Mines go under second half of the 20th century. And basically since the 80s to now, Gunnison County's economy 
both the town of Gunnison and the town of Crest Butte are the two main towns. The, the, the local economy has more and more become based on catering to wealthy interests in the area's beauty and also tourism and recreation. And this has been really good for Gunnison County in a lot of ways. But it also means the reasons people come to Gunnison County to ski, to hike, to mountain bike, to relax and go to bars and restaurants and shops and stuff. This then creates in turn a local underclass of low paid service workers. And there really isn't another option if you want to get out of that job. You know, obviously there are other sources of employment, but that is the economic driver in Gunnison County. And, you know, like in the rest of the country, you know, the wealth inequality has only ballooned over the past couple of years. Um, these divides have become even more vivid and uh, COVID had really kind of, you know, accelerated this divide because what now you're seeing is um, as the rise of remote work um, and people can work from home, just an unprecedented real estate boom in desirable rural areas like Gunnison County and all over the Western Slope and the Inner Mountain West. The, the real estate market here hit never before seen levels the influx of, yeah, I would call it outside money, really in, increased when when it was already high. And so, yeah, the, the, the economics of, of places like Gunnison County really do depend on a class of workers who are not paid well, service workers of all kinds, who run the lifts, who clean the trails, clean the hotels, serve the food, make the drinks, that sort of thing. Well, over the summer, it sounds like protests against racism and police brutality, even simply the painting of the words Black Lives Matter on the main drag were also a source of angst for second homeowners and tourists alike. Did you feel like that was something you needed to include in your story as well? Well, uh, I I felt like it, it needed to be included because it was a preoccupation of the second homeowners, right? I'm in the Facebook group and there was an, there was a significant substantial black lives matter protest on mainstream Gunnison and also in mainstream Crested Butte. And these, these second homeowners, these wealthy uh, property owners were upset. They say, we come to the Gunnison Valley to relax and to get away from politics. And we don't want, you know, this stuff in our face. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I spoke to one of the organizers of, of the local Black Lives Matter demonstrations, and she said, you know, real people live in Gunnison County. We're not just, we're not your playground. We're not a place to come and relax. Um, this is a, this is a, um, a black woman. And she said, I, I live here. I deal with racism here. Um, and the fact that they see, Gunnison County is an escape is it was not surprising to her, but it's, you know, offensive, I guess I would say. And yeah, this, 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 again, exacerbated the tension between the cares and preoccupations of the people who live here permanently and tend to be less wealthy. And this, this class of, of, of wealthy people who were both trying to influence the politics and were upset with how the county government treated them. Well, before we go, one other character you highlighted in your article uh, is Arvin Ramgulam. He's the co-owner of Rumors Coffee House and Townie Books on Main Street in Crested Butte. I just thought it was so fascinating how you contrasted him with the second homeowners in that Arvin didn't have somewhere else to go if he couldn't afford to keep his business open or 
pay his mortgage. In that way, did he kind of represent what you've kind of learned more about a lot of the residents of the county? I'd say so, yeah. So Arvin, yeah, as you say, it's a combination coffee shop bookstore, closed during COVID. He had to lay off people, didn't know if he, he would ever reopen, and then became a target of, of the second homeowner super PAC because uh, he, he was outspoken about their, their you know, attempt to influence local politics. Um, and yeah, he, he said this quite moving thing to me in, in that I, I quote in the story where he says, you know, I mean, that's kind of the difference. You know, and he admits, he says, you know, I, I depend on tourist dollars. I depend on people not living here coming and buying my stuff. But he said there is a difference between people who own property in Gunnison County and me because I can't leave. I don't have anywhere else to go. When the pandemic hits, I didn't have a place to escape. And if Crested Butte goes under, if the economy suffers, if my business closes, you know, this is home. I don't have anywhere else to go. And and that I thought that he really quite eloquently summed up these divides of various kinds that I was trying to capture in the story. We've got to leave it there for time. High Country News contributing editor Nick Boland, thank you so much for this great article, and thanks for speaking with KVNF. Thanks, Gavin. It was a pleasure.